As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. There's no crying in baseball! I ate his liver with some father beans. I skinned. If I can change, and you can change, everybody can change! Welcome to another episode of Your Next Favorite Movie. I'm your host, Josh G, and today I'm joined by Ben Scrivens, owner and founder of Fright Rags Clothing Company. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Why don't you go ahead and tell everyone a little bit about Fright Rags? I, I can tell you this. Anybody who's interviewed me has probably seen me in a Fright Rag shirt. Surprisingly, <laughs> I don't have Michael Myers for this episode, so I just had to go with my Wolfman's nice. Got Norts. Hey, that'll work. Mo- yeah, I have three Monster Squad shirts, but yeah, go ahead and Tell them about Fright Rags. Uh, I started Fright Rags back in 2003, and it's just, you know, I wanted to make some horror t-shirts, and we've expanded in the last almost 18 years now into, t- you know, horror t-shirts and, and lounge pants and socks, and we even do some toys and other collectibles and stuff. So really, it's just, you know, our brand is it's just about making some kick-ass horror stuff, really. Like, I, I love horror movies and, and, and grateful that we have a business that can do that. Absolutely, and I, I completely agree. I'll tell you, my favorite thing to lounge in, my Silence of the Lambs tri-blend shirt, with my House of a Thousand Corpses lounge band because those things are so super comfy. That is like my favorite lounging thing ever. Yeah, I'm pretty much living in my lounge pants these days. And you're right. Honestly, the tri buns are some of my favorites. Like I will toss one of those on and you're right. It's, you know, actually this shirt, I think is a tri bun. It's not a Fright Rags. It's actually just a blank t-shirt, but it's again, I put it on today because I knew it was just going to be showing out today. All right. So for your movie, we're going back to 1978. John Carpenter's Halloween. Halloween night, a small American town, 15 years ago. trying to reach him, and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. I think he'll come back. Exploring uncharted territory. And totally charted. Just Sure, sure. The only reason she babysits is to have Halloween. <laughs> okay, Linda. Come on out.
So when did you first see this film? I saw this film Friday, October 30th, 1981. I was four years old. A little, little young. Yeah. So basically, we had we were at a uh, my parents and my, my I'm the youngest of four. We were at a, a family friend's place. They actually ran this deli and, and they lived be, like in the back and above the deli. And we were hanging out in their like living room area. My parents, I think, were playing cards with their friends. And my brothers and sister were off playing with the other kids. I was just too young. And I was just kind of sitting there hanging out. And I really just wanted to go home because I was bored. And, you know, my mom, just like any other 80s mom, was like, just go watch TV. Just just go watch TV. So I plopped down in front of the TV and turned on, you know, and, and it was, must have been eight o'clock or whatever time it aired. And it came on. It was the uh, network premiere of Halloween. Obviously, I didn't know this at the time I was four. Right. Um, but, it, you know, it's funny because now I've talked to people about this and a lot of my friends and other people I've talked to, like, I saw that same, like, premiere. I think it was on NBC, Friday Night Film. In fact, I have a file of that broadcast um, with the commercials and everything, which is pretty cool. Oh, that is awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I literally sat down and I... I watched the entire film because even though I was four, you know, and your memory gets spotty at four. In fact, I used to think it was on Halloween night that I saw, but it was actually the night before because I, I have the TV guide. I, I bought it. On eBay. <laughs> <clears throat> but anyway, I remember the TV scenes that were, you know, put in for that specific broadcast. Um, I remember the closet scene. So I, I sat and watched the whole thing. Wow. So obviously at four, you weren't ready. So about how long did it take for you to realize this was your favorite film? Like um, this was it. <laughs> excuse me i think you know that obviously was my first horror film and i i don't know how long it took for me I, it, it's weird because again being four i think it's it almost feels like it's always been my favorite movie forever i mean before that you know there wasn't much that i had seen i mean there was like popeye i remember renting and beta you know and, and you know I'm, i know i went to the theater called that my first movie i ever saw in the theater was Empire Strikes Back. And I remember watching E.T. in 1982. And I, I, I mean, that's probably my second favorite movie of all time. But I know when I saw Halloween soon after, I, I wanted to see more of that. I was like, is there, are there more movies? And that's just right around the time when, you know, home video started popping up and my my dad had bought a Betamax because uh, Rochester where I live, um, they were like a testing ground between beta and vhs so uh -huh. you could so we got beta and we'd have to go look for movies for beta and whatever and i would always look at the covers just like we all did back in the day and you know i always wanted to see a mask like is it a bunch of kids going somewhere with a guy in a mask killing them uh, sign me up like a slasher you know? <laughs> so i guess i it's weird to say but it's always been i feel like it's just always been my favorite movie wow so. that is awesome so on the off chance someone has not seen the original halloween just give a brief synopsis of what this is about. Well, first of all, come out from under your rock. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> but it's about uh, a boy who's six years old in 1963 and he kills his older sister for no reason. He doesn't talk. He just walks into a house, kills her, and he's put into a, a, a mental institute. And 15 years later, he breaks out and he returns home to his hometown of Haddonfield, Illinois, which is a fictitious town. And he basically sees a young Laurie Strode played by Jamie Lee Curtis and follows her and proceeds to kill her friends and try to kill her. And he wears a white mask and he's awesome as hell. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And there's an awesome, crazy doctor after him, Dr. Loomis. <laughs> yes, exactly. There's a, there's a doctor that is, is knows that he is pure evil and needs to stop yeah. him at all costs, even though everybody else is just like, what? He's fine. <laughs> I mean, not really, but yeah. Right. So I don't like to go into too many details just because I keep these short. And in case someone hasn't seen them, we don't have time to get into all the sequels. But for this purpose, what, what is your favorite sequel of the sequels? We'll say that. Okay. I, I It's usually changes between one of two of them. And uh, I don't count three, by the way. I love Halloween 3. 
I love it to death, but I don't count it because I just, it's the anomaly, right? Right. So I would probably have to say Halloween four edges out part two to me. Those are the two that I always go back and forth. Okay. And the reason, I love part two. And I watched that a lot as a kid. Cause when I was a kid, there were no other Halloween movies except for one, two, and three. And, and when you were a kid of the eighties, you didn't count Halloween three because it didn't have Michael Myers. So at the time when I was young, I didn't like it. You know, I, you know, grew up and I loved it, but right in the middle of the eighties, I did not like it. So I could only have Halloween one, Halloween two, Halloween one, Halloween two, because there was no other Michael Myers ones. It was not right. like Jason where they made a film every year. Every year. With, with Halloween 4, it was the first one I had seen in the theater, and I was 11. And that was actually on October 30th, 1988. It was a Sunday night. My brother took me, and uh, I'll never forget that. And, you know, the girl in the film, uh, Daniel Harris, you know, who plays Jamie Lloyd, she, was, she plays a younger character, but her actual age in real life was my age. We're the same age. And I love that movie. I mean, it's, you know, maybe if I were this age seeing it for the first time at that t- 1988 I'd see its flaws but I think it's incredibly well written it really feels like the original but still sort of modern you know it's 10 years later I just love it so much so it's it's a mixture of nostalgia but I also think it holds up you know like part five <laughs> I love for an only almost purely nostalgic reasons not because right. it's a great movie it's because I it's like one of those uh guilty pleasures if you will you know not that I really subscribe to those but I just love it for what it is but Halloween 4, I think I genuinely love because it's a great movie and it's nostalgic. Okay. Yeah. I uh, revisited the whole series last year while reading Taking Shape. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I would read the chapter and watch the, the movie <clears throat> corresponding. That's good idea. I have a much better appreciation for Halloween 4. And 5, I don't have the nostalgia, so I don't rank it as high. Although yeah. it does have one of the best tension scenes in the whole series in that laundry shoot. I will give it credit for that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> that, that They really did a great job, especially considering she wasn't actual laundry shoot and they were right. stabbing at her so i mean you know it's not like it's not like a cgi or some weird cutaway thing it's like and yeah you're right that was palpable and that so let's say you could go back halloween we're going to do the halloween 2018 method but without halloween 2018 existing let's say you get to have your own sequel but we're not going to go 40 years later you actually get to do a follow-up early 80s late 70s however you want to do it mm-hmm. what do you want so, to do so this is not so this is basically like right after halloween one right Right. You can do the same night or you can do it however you want to do it. Oh, my God. That's really hard. (laughs) Well, I think it would be a little bit of a blend. I think I'd probably my personal feeling as much as I love Halloween, too. And of course, it spawned all the other sequels with the fact that they're brother and sister. That always bothered me as a kid because that just was not in the original movie with with the exception of the TV scene. Right. It always bothered me because it was like, it doesn't fit. It does not fit. You can't just add this in later. Now, again, I love Halloween 2 and all the sequels and stuff, but bothered me. That's why I love 2018. So in that sense, I would have taken out the brother-sister component. Um, but obviously, we're not talking about 2018. I would have done it where it probably took place a few years after i actually like the halloween four where she's got a little kid so i think that probably would have played into it so it probably would be this weird blend of part four uh, h2o even in and uh 2018 maybe she went into hiding or something he found her i don't know Uh, gosh it's it's such a hard (laughs) one to do but I, here's the other thing is I, I, it would have taken place in Haddonfield. The one thing I did not like about H2O is it did not take place oh. in Haddonfield. Um, I, I don't also know. I don't think I would go too far into his backstory. I don't like, like, again, the thorn thing, the whole, I mean, 
don't explain it. He's pure evil. Like you can't right. explain this, you know? So I think he would have had to have come back. And I think at this point he would have gone after Lori still because he didn't get to kill her the first time around. So he would exactly. go after specifically her. He would almost have a revenge vendetta against her. I think I'd probably play that angle. Whereas in 2018, you know, that wasn't the case. Nope. I probably would have said, no, he wants to kill her. Now he's fixated, right? Okay. And that's what would have gone. All right. And I'm glad you brought up the backstory. Let's get into the remake a little bit. Let's talk about mm -hmm. Rob Zombies. What are your thoughts on this? So, you know, people always complain about, you know, oh, they're ruining my childhood and all this stuff. I've never taken that stance. Like, I think probably when I first heard they were going to remake it, there was a little bit of a pang of, oh, why are you touching my movie? Because <laughs> um, this was 20, 2007. So it was before, I mean, it was sort of in the middle, but sort of before, I mean, we didn't have the Friday 13th remake. We didn't have the Nightmare on Elm Street one. We didn't have the My Bloody Valentine. It, it felt like it was before the real string of constant remakes maybe i'm well, and i th i think this one has to do with that because it was such a success i mean it's still the labor right. day king you know that weekend yeah exactly so i mean i i and again i could be misremembering the other ones that came out around that time but even evil dead didn't come out to like 2013 or something so right. i think it was early on in that sort of remake cycle but it was still a thing i mean they had done texas chainsaw Massacre, yep. so there was a precedent there and i i, I listen i love house Thousand and corpses i love rob zombies films but i was a little like okay this is this could be really cool or it could be a little weird but i was not a person that was just like oh screw that but in terms of the actual movie you know i enjoy it for what it is and and it's just like i look at rob zombies films is like you going to mcdonald's and saying that was a really crappy hamburger well what were you expecting yeah, you knew it <laughs> did you were you expecting like some like five Gourmet burger <laughs> yeah like yeah lamb burger with a reduction so like you're expecting a big mac and that's what you got and I like Big Macs. So when I saw a Rob Zombie film, I'm going to see a Big Mac on screen. And this is no offense to him at all. This is just analogy. I'm going to like it. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. it, because I like it for what it is. But it is hard sometimes because, you know, I'm sure you've talked about this, but seeing the backstory with young Michael and how he grew up. And again, it's a typical, very typical Rob, like, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, white trash type of thing. Yep. I, it, 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 there is a part of me that says, well, of course he was going to be a killer. And and then having Dr. Loomis, which I love Malcolm McDowell, I, I just, there's such a, there, it's so depressing, those two movies. And they're so like, like you, it, again, just like any Rob Zombie movies, you, you don't like anybody in those movies. Nobody is redeeming, except for maybe Scout, you know, playing Laurie. She's probably the only redeeming character in these movies. I mean, I feel like you just don't like anybody. So you already are put in this weird mood where you're just like, you want everybody to die and you just sort of like, just feel like, ugh, you know? Yeah. So and I, I honestly didn't like the arc with Loomis in the second one. I just thought he turned into a complete and total. Oh, agreed. agreed. And I know that was the point. I was just like, yeah, you know, I love Tyler Maine as Michael. I think his he did a great job being brutal. You know, I love him in the Ken Forey fight in the bathroom. I thought that was amazing. Um, I love the way the mask starts deteriorating. I'm glad, if I'm not mistaken, the, the theatrical cut did not have the rape scene, but the, the unedited cut has it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, again, I'm glad I, I like the theatrical cut better for that. Halloween 2, I don't crap on as much as other people do, um, Rob's part 2, because I watched the the director's cut with his commentary and it made me appreciate it a lot more. And there's some scenes in that movie that are when Annie gets killed and they show the footage of her yeah. and the music by John five, it's giving me chills right now. That was really heavy, it um, really is. but I don't hate, I don't love the movie either. I don't hate it, but I understand his vision more. It's just a different take, you know, it's just different. Yeah. 
I agree. I don't hate it either. Although I do have what some people consider a hot take that I now like to look at that first half of that little boy. I look at that as the backstory of Otis from the Firefly clan because he's not growing into that that Michael Myers. I like that a lot. Actually, that makes a lot of sense. (laughs) He looks like he could be Otis at least. So it's true. Yeah, he was he grew up to be some scrawny kid. He didn't grow up to be some seven foot like crazy beast man. And what are your thoughts on Halloween 2018? I I really enjoyed it you know i was again getting back to when they first announced it i was on board i was like let's do it and then it's like oh my god i'll never forget um we did a a, as a as a group as a company we all went to go see it 2017 together and i could feel my phone buzzing in my pocket while we were towards the end of the movie and of course i wasn't checking it because i don't like do that during theater i I made sure it wasn't like my wife or something but when we were done we all kind of whipped out our phones and and we're like they had just announced jamie lee curtis was going to be and i was like this is amazing and then of course john carpenter and, and nick castle and blah 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 and i was like oh my god so i was definitely I don't want to say nervous because that's a weird thing to say, but like, I was definitely like, okay, what's this going to be like? We So we, because we had the license for it, we actually got the first images of Michael and the script in February of 2018. Oh, you got the script? Yeah. I I got mean, okay. Okay. Yeah. So first we got the, well, this is real kind of quick story. Basically the, the studio, we had signed a deal and everything. They said they were going to have some assets and I didn't know when and I, whatever. And then they, I missed an email for some reason it either didn't hit my inbox or something, but I went to reply to somebody or someone came in, some email came in and that thread was below it. And I read it and it was literally, and I'd missed, it was like a week later, you know, we can send you the images in the script. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, you know, you have to sign a, a non-disclosure agreement, right. you know, and things like that. So I had everybody come up to my office and we opened up the images together and saw Michael for the first time, what he was going to look like. And then uh, no one, I allowed, like if, if people in the office wanted to read the script, I mean, we were all, you know, trust everybody. It's not like I was just handing it out, but I mean, if right. you know, if you wanted yeah. to read it, you could, but but um, Chris, our production manager, and I were the only ones that read it because I think everybody else really wanted to be surprised. And I mean, I, I took it home and read it that night. And I, we came in the next day. We both looked at each other and we're like, what do you think? And we both had the same feelings. We loved it, but there were things about it that we did not like. And they actually went to, um, they ended up correcting a lot of that stuff in the reshoots that summer because there were uh, preview screenings and stuff right. and, and they got feedback and, and then they went in and redid it. And I'm friends with one of the producers and I was texting him and, and I was mentioning my thoughts, you know, this was after the reshoots. He goes, no, we, we kind of did this. And I'm like, Oh my God, that's awesome. So when I saw the movie, the final product in the theater, as much as I knew the story, I also knew there was the, the last third of it uh, had been altered a bit, even though the outcome was the same, it had been changed. And I was so way more thrilled about it. And I'll be honest, my biggest issue with that whole movie, I loved it. Dr. Sartain, I did not like, and I did not like the fact that, you know, I didn't like the, the fact that he could first of all pick up Michael with one arm I thought that was yeah yeah I didn't like but I'll tell you what aside from that he plays way better in the film than he did in the script in in my mind when I was reading I was like this feels too convoluted and then in in the movie I was like oh no I buy this the only thing I just didn't buy was him like hoisting up this freaking six foot five dude you know right yeah I didn't buy that but I and it's weird Halloween 2018 is probably one of my most I mean I've seen all the other ones so many times but I've rewatched that probably five or six times in the last couple of years. And I think that's a testament to how swift it moves, how well it's made and how fun it is to watch. Like, I agree. I agree on all those points. And I'll tell you, Halloween Kills is going to be bonkers. It's going to be awesome. So I cannot wait. I hate that we didn't get it last year. I know. I know. I mean, I get it. I'm, 
I'm oh, I get it. I get it. I wasn't going to the theater anyway, so right. <laughs> I wasn't gonna go. So it's probably better that way. But man, I'm yeah. hoping that we can get it this year. Well, I mean, they said no matter what, it's coming out. So I guess if they have to do VOD, I think it they might. I mean, I don't know for sure, but I'm just I just know they've made sort of a statement saying regardless, you know, I think Jason Blum said, you know, it will be out. So maybe they'll do a um like the kind of like what we're doing with like Wonder Woman, you know, it's in the theater and it's on VOD right. at the same time or wait a week. Honestly, depending on the situation, I would love to obviously to see it in the actual theater, but I'm perfectly happy watching it at home too, because you know, it's that's fine. I just want to see it. <laughs> yep, agreed agreed i am ready for that one all right so let's give your final pitch for someone that's still on the fence they don't want to watch halloween they don't like old 70s movies whatever their reasoning is doesn't hold up but still they're saying they don't want to watch it what's that final pitch to make them watch halloween i think if you're any type of horror fan it doesn't matter which ones you like i think there's there there are some must-sees that you have to watch in order to understand where the genre came from and how it got to where it is so you can be a fan of newer movies and you think all oh, old movies suck because they're slow or whatever you know whatever the case is but i think it's very uh if you're going to be a fan of anything i think it's worth researching and investigating how what you like got to where it is because there's a reason why movies are like the way are today got to go backwards and halloween is absolutely one of these seminal films in the genre among a plethora of others of course that should be seen if anything just as an academic you know sort of ex- not experiment but like uh just projects you know what i mean um just to understand even if you don't like it but look at where it came from you know it's like if you're into music and you're into rock well go backwards a little bit why were those guys what were they into oh they were into blues oh where did that come from oh the deep south like go backward in time and you'll be able to you'll be able to appreciate new movies more when you see where it came from you know i i saw halloween the original halloween the first time in the actual theater in 1998 so it was i guess that was the uh, 20 year anniversary anniversary, and people were laughing and I, I was pissed. I couldn't understand why they would be laughing at this movie because it's my favorite movie of all time. This is the best movie ever. But I get it. And it, I don't, I don't, people weren't laughing necessarily because they were mocking the film. It was like, wow, look at, I'm not saying that you should laugh at the movie. I'm saying I get the angle of this is so, in a sense, rudimentary versus what you see now. I mean, it's still effective as hell. I love the movie so much and I, I don't think it's lost its effect. I mean, it's, is it flawed? Of course it's flawed. There's a lot of flaws in it, but it's still very effective. But it's worth as a case study to sort of watch it and be like, wow. And, and to understand that that didn't exist. Like, oh, her going across the street or going upstairs, whatever. That's a trope now, you know? Don't, what yeah. are you doing that for? That's where these tropes came from. You have to understand mm-hmm. the origins of these things. And that's one of the, I mean, that's at least for the slasher genre, that's literally one of a handful of, of movies that sparked an entire subgenre, you know? I agree. I've seen people online say that about that movie. And I'm like, well, it wasn't a trope in 1978. You can't say that. You can't flaw it for that. He created yeah, yeah. the trope. <laughs> exactly. You can't, you, you can't criticize a movie for uh, based on today's standards. You can't do that. Exactly. And it's funny, my son's 11 and he watched Halloween for the first time uh, two years ago. So he was like nine years old when he saw it and he loved it. And 
It's so funny. And he wasn't scared, you know, but and I didn't think he would be. But he loved that movie. And I'm glad he did. I'm glad he had an appreciation for it because, I mean, he loves it, the new it and things like that. And that's fine because that's as much as I love it, too. That's going to be the movie that he grows up with. But he still has the appreciation for movies like, you know, I've shown him, you know, earlier Friday 13th and Night of the Living Dead. And, you know, he's seen Evil Dead, too. He hasn't seen the original Evil Dead. But, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, he's seen at this point. He actually kind of got bored by it. And I was like, and that was a good example. I said, Will, you need to watch this to understand movies now. And he liked it, but he was a little bored. I'm like, there's a lot of screaming and stuff. I'm like, it's, an, but you have to understand 1974, this was crazy. I mean, yeah. it's still crazy to me when I watch <laughs> it, but it's like, it was a different time. All right. I think that's going to wrap this one up. Ben, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you online? You can uh, check us out at FrightRags.com. It's Fright-Rags.com. Um, and anywhere on social, it's just one word, at FrightRags on Instagram, at FrightRags on Twitter. And of course, Facebook, just Facebook.com slash FrightRags. I think that's one word as well. No hyphen there. But our website is Fright-Rags.com. All right. And as always, you can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at YNFMoviePod. Available wherever you get your podcast. Be sure to come back next week because I'll have a new guest and a new movie. Or actually, this time I'm going to have a double episode. So I'll be doing the remake with Miles from Laughs and Rec podcast for a double episode this Friday. So you guys come back for that to hear about the remake. You guys take care. I'll talk to you next time.